Hey everybody, welcome back. This is, I don't even know if we should number them, uh, another episode in the collection. Um, I think we're going to go with the, the the theme of just the spotlight collection. So this is, we're still in January, so it's a January spotlight on, we call it Minority Report. <laughs> so um, Katie's aiming for um, like Mexican-American, um, things closer to her culture, types of movies. Uh, we did Coco. And I'm aiming for uh, black exploitation. Um, it's a genre I've always been interested in. I've seen some good ones. I've seen some bad ones. I've seen some that the name is pretty fucked up. A yeah, ton of them. There's a lot um, of them. So black exploitation, it's it's an odd genre. Um, it feels kind of spoofy. Usually the hero is some type of pimp or really smooth character, and the bad guy ninety something percent of the time. It's an evil white person, and it's usually yep. uh, like the antithesis, the like like the man. It's you know, <laughs> it's always the man. It's you got fight against the man. Yeah, it's that character holding down all the 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 black people that live you know in the poor sections of towns and stuff. Um, there are a ton of really old ones that I checked out. Um, my uncles they were into those, so like the Mac. I haven't seen the Mac in forever. Dolomite and Shaft and stuff. There has been this small resurgence of exploitation films there are a lot of films that have they, they sidestep into that genre real quick uh, Quentin Tarantino is really good at it uh, he does it a lot he actually did um, the one with Pam Greer ooh it wasn't Brown Shook what's the name of it can you look that up I know you type in something For who? Quentin Tarantino he did a movie with Pam Greer Foxy Brown Foxy Brown you're good people are really good at it Quentin Tarantino is amazing at it uh, you have to have a couple of things to have a successful black exploitation film. Uh, the main character is pretty much OP. <laughs> Nothing can really stop him. Um, there's usually a really strong woman character. It's it's crazy. It's kind of like a Bond film, but black as hell. Yeah. That's honestly what they feel like. Like they throw in as many racial stereotypes towards black culture that they can but it's weird because they're it, almost in a, sometimes in a comedic way sometimes yeah. in a mean way like it's yeah yeah so some of my favorite ones of the newer age um undercover brothers really good one it's more of the spoofy comedy side of it mm-hmm. and then um black dynamite which is still comedy oh, but black it's an dynamite action so based one and that one they film it like it's an old film and it has all the steps and the the moves of a old black exploitation film and in that one main character he's overpowered uh strong women everywhere um so it's really cool it's it's a big difference from a lot of different genres where women are kind of use useless and they run around and they scream and they're captured in this one women pull guns out of their throws they're doing karate yeah and they're flipping around and they're beating the shit out of people usually the women are more capable than the guys in the movies yeah. um it's very reminiscent of like if you've never seen a black exploitation film, it's like Austin Powers. Yeah, actually, but Gold all, Member, but all the characters yeah. are black. <laughs> so, Gold Member, that movie, it's they say it is part black exploitation. Oh, of Beyonce's character, yeah. completely. Because she's no type of useless in that movie, and um, Live and Let Die. So, actually, a Bond movie. It was in Jamaica. I think they filmed it, and all the characters. It's, it's black people everywhere. It's a black exploitation film, technically. Um, but yeah, there's tons of them. I, I want to say Django Unchained, by all intents and purposes, it is a black exploitation film. The main character, he isn't really as OP as other ones. 
Um, but he's fighting against a very, 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 very evil white person. <laughs> um, strong women around with Carrie Washington, his wife. She's very strong. Not that many women in that movie, which is odd for Quentin Tarantino. Um, he's all about ladies and feet. Some of his two favorite things in funky music. Actually, three things. God, I could do a Quentin Tarantino spotlight easily. But anywho, um, so we did Undercover Brothers, my first one. Uh, so, memories of this movie, um, this bad boy came out in 2002, May 31st, so I was still in high school when this came out. Um, I didn't see it in theaters when it came out, I want to say I saw it a little bit later, but um, I've seen this dozens, hundreds of times. Um, there's still lines that I quote from this movie, and uh, it, it's really, really good, like I said. It's a really cool step into that genre of exploitation, but a very comedic and happy route. Because some of those movies, they're not really that happy in points, and it's kind of depressing. But the bad guy gets theirs in the end, but there's a lot of treachery involved in them. But uh, do you remember first time you saw this? Uh, I saw it in high school. I don't. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. Um, I might have seen it in theaters because I really liked uh, the main character, Eddie Griffin. Um, I love the show Malcolm and Eddie that used to be on UPN. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really liked his comedy and my parents really liked his comedy. So I'm, we might have seen it in theaters, but I honestly can't remember um, too much of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the vein of a comedy, a solid comedy, um, just about every character is someone funny. And it's it's cool. I tried to look up some fun facts about this movie, and lo and behold, like every other comedy that you look up facts for, um, well, sometimes it depends on the main character, but this movie doesn't have any type of fun facts because everybody just probably came up with their own lines and did their own things on the set. Uh, and it's a solid movie. Like, Eddie Griffin, he's the main character. We've got Chris Kattan as the villain. Well, not the man. Kind of. But he's... Well, and he's usually, the henchman. He's like yeah. the, the lead henchman of the man. Yeah, Denise Richards, she's so beautiful. She's white she-devil. <laughs> um, Sister Girl, I couldn't remember where she's from, but I've seen her face in I'll, some things. I'll look her up. Yeah, and then Dave Chappelle, he's conspiracy brother. Oh, so uh, good. What, Shy McBride, he's like the chief. So in a lot of these types of movies, police movies too, there's always that chief character that all he does is yell. And he says that the mayor's on his ass, and you guys need to take care of this, and you're going to get fired if you do something wrong next time. That's what oh, they're there for. Oh, that's why I know her. Her name is uh, Anjane Ellis, and Anjane. she was the wi- Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in Men of Honor. Ooh, jeez, I haven't seen that forever. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, she's also in The Help. She was in Ray. I'd Who is she in Ray? Marianne Fisher. Was she the mom? That's a good question. I don't know. I think she was the mom. This is gonna be a rabbit hole. Cause she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't one of the the girls that he was with. No, cause that was Regina King and uh, Carrie Washington. I want to say that's his mom. Yeah, she might have been his mom. Yeah, uh, in those flashbacks. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Or maybe she was a background singer, but she seems pretty big. Like, they. Wouldn't... I don't think she was a background singer, cause she would have had more of a part, cause he was like fucking all the background singers. Yeah, that's true. You cool she's been in a, she's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in it, so he's <laughs> Lance the intern. So um, his character's fucking funny. Yeah. So uh, there's this group called the Brotherhood, 
And so they, their job is to make sure. Did they ever sure... say what the acronym for Brotherhood was? I don't think they did. That makes me mad. Because that would, could have been like really fucking funny. It if just they had... spelled out. But it's, it's, but it's an acronym because it's like they put the periods yeah, between each letter. It's spaced out. And so um, the beginning of the movie, it talks about how like African-Americans culture, uh, it began to decline in the 80s. And they show like. Steve Urkel and Dennis Rodman. It whitewashed. It started to become yes. whitewashed. And so you find out that the reason it's becoming whitewashed is because there is a evil person called the man that he's trying to um, undermine the African-American community as well as other minorities. He just wants to make sure that white people are in charge of everything. <laughs> and so um, at the Brotherhood, it's primarily all black people there. Uh, affirmative action... Well, I guess reverse affirmative action. Yeah. Um, they had to hire a white person. So Lance, the intern, it's uh, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> oh, uh, he's, he's It's really funny. Um, smart brother. Uh, Gary Anthony Williams, he's a voice of Uncle Ruckus from Boondocks. Amazing dude. Did a lot of voices in it. Billy Dee Williams is in this movie. James Brown. Um, tons of just people popping up and stuff. It's, yeah. it's a solid movie. So before we even really talk about it, if you haven't seen it, give it a shot. You'll laugh. There, It's really funny. There are tons of jokes, like black jokes of, you know, common misconceptions or conceptions uh, about black people that pop up in it. And yeah. it's hilarious. It's really good stuff. Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite jokes come from this movie. Um, but yeah, so um, what did you think about it, watching it again? I love this film. Uh, watching it with a 2020 eyes, as a that sounds weird, as opposed to 2002 eyes, there are definitely some things that were would not show up necessarily in a movie now, uh, like a couple of jokes that just wouldn't have gone over very well, like won't go over well now, but you know because I was around in 2002 to enjoy them when this movie came out and did enjoy them when they came out, it was still funny. They do poke a lot of fun at like OJ and like <laughs> <laughs> like Rodney King and like it's it's pretty good. It, I love this film and if you don't have a stick up your ass uh, about like PC culture or whatever and are okay to just like laugh when shit is actually funny, then you will enjoy this film for Th- sure. This movie's in the same vein as like uh, Blazing Saddles, um, but a little less like rough around the edges yeah less blazing blazing saddles they say the n-word a lot in that no, movie no no they almost say it okay they a almost lot. say the n-word, the n-word a lot no that, that's the thing that they that um that movie can go and say for itself they do not say it but they are 82 percent almost through the word before someone interrupts <laughs> yeah. them yeah uh it's a, a it's blazing a, saddles is really good but it's this yeah. movie is more aware of uh social I don't know, structure, like, social things than Blazing Saddles was for sure. Like, if you go back and watch Blazing Saddles, that's, like, a hard watch if you, like, care about, you know, (laughs) racism at all. Here comes Mongo. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that movie's so good. Yeah, if you can, if this movie's a lot better than that one in that vein. Yeah. Like, like in this movie, there's a character, it's Black Man's Kryptonite, and it's White She-Devil. 
So it's just... That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's just a white lady that... It's a no, hot white girl that none of the black guys can can oh, re- resist. Can resist. Oh, she yeah. uses it's... her feminine wiles to seduce all of the black guys and turn them into basically Oreos. <laughs> yeah, so Undercover Brother goes from, just, his name's Undercover Brother, to Antoine Jackson. And no, not mm-hmm. one of the Jackson Five. <laughs> yeah, he's, like a, he's like, you're a nerdy white guy. He's like the white dad from a lot of movies but he's like a black guy playing a white dad basically from a (laughs) 90s movie like (laughs) oh the karaoke when they sang ebony and ivory after he got turned oh Oh, damn it this movie is so ridiculous it's so good but i love the reaction of the black couple in the karaoke room where he's just like (laughs) he's like yeah up there dancing all silly and yeah uh, it's so good so uh i'll just do a main idea of it so this movie, uh, Brotherhood's trying to stop the man, and a man, um, they're threatened because uh, this one general, retired general, uh, is going to run for president, and this is a black general, and so they're like, well, we can't have that happen because that's just going to cause cultures to blend and stuff, and, and they don't... He's supposed to be like reminiscent of Colin Powell, basically. Yeah, and so he, the man for sure doesn't want that to happen. He wants everybody separate because it's easier to control people when you're not cooperating. Yeah. And so... Um, they come up with a plan and they um, hypnotize him. They put this mind control medicine in fried chicken. And so the general opens up his own fried chicken company. Yeah. Um, the general's fried chicken instead of the colonel's the colonel. fried chicken. It's so That's what I'm saying. It's little things like that. Like it's black so people can't it's resist very, very fried chicken. It's very, very racist. <laughs> but that's like their whole idea. That's how they're going to mind control all the black people into basically being submissive to the white people the white guys it's yeah. like they're gonna fucking mind control with the chicken and ever, all the black guys are gonna eat it and then yeah and so they actually grabbed a couple of famous people and so slowly things have been happening what was it how stella got her white man back uh a couple of movies came out oh like, yeah so they caught some actors already and hypnotized them and so it's up to uh, undercover brother and the brotherhood to um to stop the man and you know, just make sure the world gets better. Yeah. And so it, it's a solid ass movie. So. It's fucking funny. Uh, there's tons of funny parts. I can't give it justice by no. repeating it like this. No, you just need to watch this film. Yeah. It's so funny. So who is your favorite character in this? Conspiracy Brother, all the way. <laughs> yeah, Dave Chappelle. I love Conspiracy Brother. And you can tell, so this was like 2002. This is right before Chappelle Show or right around the time Chappelle yeah. Show like started. And you can see... His actions in this film are, like, you can see it throughout all of Chappelle's show. Like, he took what was in, what he played for, he took the traits that he used to play Conspiracy Brother and put it into Chappelle's show, and it was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, It's so good. All of this just, like, like, Undercover Brother couldn't say a single thing to Conspiracy Brother without him just freaking out, like, (laughs) what's up, man? And it was just like, what's up? There's one line. What's up? He just, like, goes Um, off. So they're, uh, Undercover Brothers talking about, like, so there really is a man. And they're saying, like, what, you don't think just things don't happen by accident? Like, no, people are making things happen. And he's like, then the ind- the entertainment industry really is out to get Spike Lee? He's like, come on, man. Even Cher got an Oscar. Cher! <laughs> it's, it's Dave Chappelle, like, at his, like, if not the height, it's where he's getting hot. 
Mm-hmm. It was great to see him. Anything I feel like this said, was his breakout role. Anything he said made me laugh. Uh, yeah, he was so funny. He just was, like half-baked, man. He was like, funnier. He Oh, yeah, I forgot he was in that. I forgot about that movie. He was funnier probably than Eddie Griffin in this movie, which is hard because he's fucking hilarious. Like, Undercover Brothers hilarious oh, yeah. in this movie. Well, th- that's when you know you have a good comedy when the main character doesn't have to do all the craziness. Not like Chris Farley kind of crazy. Yeah. Where he's doing all the flopping and almost dying. Yeah. He could stay smooth and kind of silly. Yeah. And everybody else can do all the extra silly stuff. Yeah. And it just works out. No, That's when you know you have a good no, comedy No, Dave Chappelle crushed it. He's my favorite character in this film. Uh, my favorite... It's tough. Um, a lot of the lines of Undercover Brother are really funny. And I love when he became like Antoine Jackson. That's one of my favorite parts of it. But uh, watching it again, uh, Lance... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. Um, he was fucking funny too. Just about everything he did was really Lance the intern. Everything this was he Neil said Patrick was Harris's really like, good. This was his movie moment. He was having a moment in this like little the span of a couple years because he was yeah. in this film as like the he wasn't ever the lead no. in a in a film. He was always like a background character, but he was the funniest background character in all of these movies. Like in this film, in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, like he just was crushing. Yeah. He's it. really good at just popping up and just. Um, just saying a few jokes and going yeah. about it. He's really good at that. Yeah. That's always like one of my favorite things about him. But uh, I'd probably go with Lance. Just about everything Lance did was really funny. I love that towards the end, he understood the plight that all his friends were going through because he finally watched Roots. I don't know if you guys heard of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if any of you would like to watch Roots with me, I would love to watch Fuck Roots. That. Otis I'm refuses good. to watch it, and I've seen it. So I've I'm never good. seen it, and I want to watch it, but I'm I don't okay want to watch it by myself. I only got 15 hours to spend watching it, so I d- also have don't have 15 that. hours to spend. But I would like to watch it have fun at with some that point. Shit. So nope. <laughs> I know just about every black person I know. They're like, you want to watch Roots? Like, nope. I saw it a long time ago. I'm fucking I've great. seen it once. I'm good forever for the rest of my goddamn life. It's yeah. But uh, no, I'm going to go with Lance this time. Uh, close second by Undercover Brother. And then just everybody else was really funny. They were all really good. But uh, who was your... I don't even know if we could do a least favorite character. Um, let's just say, what do you think about the, the villain? The man? The man and Chris Kattan, uh Mr. Feather. <clears throat> well, I thought the man was... <laughs> I thought the concept behind the man was hilarious. Like, the fact that he's just infiltrating all these different aspects of life trying to keep black people down was just <laughs> was hilarious and sad and yeah. <laughs> i mean true like this is it's i don't know it's a little heartbreaking because this movie is almost 20 years old and the same shit that was happening 20 years ago is happening still like we're still having people like white people oppressing black people for fucking what like why and he finally got a black president yes <laughs> and was was he mind controlled by the fried chicken? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he was he was still cool. But yeah, yeah, it... yeah. But it's uh, I thought the man was not a he was a good bad guy. I guess it it was accurate. I guess to what white people have been doing to black people for centuries, and it makes sense. And though they do spoof that idea of the man. In a lot of, like, in all black exploitation films, it's always, like, the bad guy. The It is true. Like, I'm not going to sit here and deny that fucking white people have been just 
pushing down black people for ages. Like that's <laughs> very clearly been happening for hundreds of years and continues to happen. And it's really sad, but yeah. Yeah. Um, watching it again, the man, it's, it's, it's like inspector gadget, like claw. He's just yeah. in the dark talking and there's other people that really do he has all henchmen, the work. Yeah. Um, so the man's kind of just there. Um, yeah. I love that Mr. Feather little by little, um, the black cultures is kind of bleeding into him and he yeah. can't help it. So yeah. he starts just saying things. And then when um, Mary J. Blige with when Family he Affair. fucking dances to Family Affair. Chris Kattan dancing to Family Affair. Like, if you don't want to watch this film, fine. But go find a clip of Chris Kattan dancing to Family Affair on YouTube from Undercover Brother. Because this is the funniest shit. Like, he incorporated all his, like, weird sexy dance moves that he does, that he was doing as a mango, mango. Yeah. from Saturday Night Live. And just put this, like, he tried to put this, like, urban flip on it. And yeah. it's just fucking hilarious. But I just love the more in the movie, just, he can't help it. Yeah. And he gets pissed at himself that he's... What am I doing? <laughs> that he enjoys doing, like, black stuff. Yeah, he it, enjoys black music. It was yeah. just like... And he's supposed to be an evil person. And I, I, I love that about his character. Because he's... This is, this is how I hope the KKK falls. Like, what's happening right now <laughs> with neo-Nazism and all that. I'm, I'm hoping this is what happens to fucking the KKK. Like, oh, somebody there's... just puts on some fucking... I don't know. There's bigots out there that like rap music, no, and then I know. they can't play it for other bigots. No, they're like, I know. "Why you listen to this?" He's like, "Oh, this music's dumb." And then they leave, yeah. they turn it back on. They're like, "God, I love this song." Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just like, <laughs> no, but I need, I need like, I need a new black exploitation film where like the man is David Duke, like the head of the KKK, and <laughs> they like zoom in, and he's just listening to fucking like Beyonce Lemonade, like dancing in his <laughs> in his office or some dumb shit like that, like. <laughs> That's what I need. That would be great. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about the the music in the movie? Oh, the music is so good. Um, I have always been a fan of funk music and music from the seventies. It's the it's always been a part of me. My family has always listened to it because it's on the radio when my family when my parents were growing up, and then they made me listen to it when I was a kid. And I didn't really appreciate it as a kid. Like if you had asked me in two thousand two what I thought of the music, I would have said, "All right, it." is like accurate to the culture i guess but uh as an adult having been you know in music and all of that all of this music this funk music is so amazing like it's got average white band it's got earth wind and fire on the soundtrack it's got tower of power it's got all this really 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 good funk music in it and even if you don't feel like watching this movie you should download the soundtrack or like find a playlist of the soundtrack because it's like the top funk hits of the 70s that they just threw onto the soundtrack and it's so good oh yeah it's uh one of the scenes like there's a, a car chase scene and eddie griffin looks at the screen he's like you know can a brother get something funky to drive to and then jungle boogie pops up and yeah. i'm like that's the best song to yeah <laughs> to have a car chase scene yeah uh, no it's really really good great. the music um, is the music is honestly the second main character in this film. Like oh, yeah. Undercover Brother is the main character, and then the music definitely plays a huge part in making all the scenes. And usually in black exploitation, the, the music's pretty solid. Oh yeah, that's like, the main theme. 
Which is funny because that's also going to be very important in all the Spanish movies that we watch. Hey, go figure. Minorities like music. Yeah. And they're good at it. <laughs> Which brings us back to Dave Chappelle and that skit that he did with John Mayer where oh, they play the, the music. All the different types of like races and music. Oh my God. He's like, I John, love... John, play fight music. Play, play fight, fight music. music. And they just fuck up that fucking posh restaurant. <laughs> like people just fighting each other. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and go find that skit from Chappelle's show. It's John Mayer and Dave Chappelle. Uh playing guitar it's like or john mayer playing guitar with dave Chappelle, and they go through the different styles of music and they go into a like uh latin barbershop like a latin and black half latin half black barbershop <laughs> it's so good and he plays like metal at first and they're like shut the fuck up and then he hey, yo, starts shut the fuck up and then he brings like quest love in and then they do like a drum beat quest love drops a beat dancing. and all the black guys start all the black people start dancing and in the they kind of latin it up with a keyboard player the keyboard guy <laughs> and everybody starts dancing too it's it's, it's really so good. funny it, it, it's yes. a solid skit you're right minorities a... do like music <laughs> <laughs> um let me see so we did music we did that um memories you kind of touched on memories already yeah. So, um, yeah. I was going to say, what was one of your favorite scenes from it? Do you remember anything? Ooh, that's tough. I really like when they're discovering the mind control is in the chicken. <laughs> and everyone starts to realize it mid-bite. Like, Dave Chappelle's, like, mid-bite in this chicken. <laughs> and, like, how would they control everybody? He just, like, takes a bite and he's like, ah! And he freaks the fuck yeah. out. Am uh, I going to die, smart brother? <laughs> <laughs> am I going to die? Yeah. I really, really love that scene. And again, everything that Conspiracy Brother was in, because he's my favorite character. Yeah. But um, also, I really like Family Affair with Chris Kattan. Him yeah. dancing was fucking great. I love towards the end. Um, well, all all the build up to Mister Feather just cracking slowly, and then when uh, Undercover Brother's dressed up like James Brown, and he's like, "Say it loud!" and he's like slowly like freaking out, and he finally yells, "I'm black and I'm proud." <laughs> It's just all those moments so of Chris good. Kattan slowly cracking. It's, yeah. It's funny. Every time it's I watch really, it, really it's funny. even funnier. But uh, when Lance... Um, so Lance comes with them on the last mission. And um, he's kind of in the back scared of everything and all the fights. But then um, these three big dudes call Lance a sissy. And for some ungodly reason, Lance just loses it. He rips it. One dude's heart out. And the other guy, he um, pulls his like head off his shoulders and like you see a spinal column and then the last dude grabs him to like give him a bear hug and he smushes his head and <laughs> just goo comes out and he's like they shouldn't have called me a sissy <laughs> and he like snaps his like it's very similar like, to really neck. really over the top kung fu movies yeah <laughs> but that <laughs> which we'll get to in another month but i love that line because he's like what are you gonna do sissy and neil Patrick harris is like don't call me a sissy it yeah. just runs at him um <laughs> Steve, Steve and Terrell, they, oh man, we talk about this movie all the time. It's, that's one of the lines. Somebody always says something about a sissy and then someone screams that. Yeah. <laughs> and they get in a fight. Uh, that's one of my favorite spots. Um, I like at the end when about to have their final fight and then uh, Beat It comes on. And so they're like looking at each other and they're pointing, trying to get the person to come to them. And then he's like, no, you come over here. And then Chris Kattan, he's being all smooth at first. He's just like stomping on the ground, pointing at yeah this movie is really really funny and it's hard to narrow down a favorite scene because it's so fucking funny from start to finish yeah the pacing's amazing um yeah seriously give it a shot uh go watch this movie uh you got anything else to say about it 
only that for like 10 years after I saw this film, I really, 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 really wanted a car that had a fucking orange soda machine oh, in the center console. That's a, what was that, Coupe de Ville? Yeah, he had a Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Gosh, man, that's a big-ass car. <laughs> I didn't want a Cadillac Coupe de Ville. I just wanted a fucking soda machine in the middle console of my car. That'd like, be cool, but you'd have to add machine. so much stuff to make sure the soda's not hot. Because, you know, cars on the inside are just hot as fuck. Yeah. You can make that happen. But a soda dispenser is easy. It's just yeah. put a soda stream a in A cool that soda dispenser. Yeah. That'd be the hard part. Yeah. Talk you to exhibit. I'm going to pet my ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if you had a cup of ice and then just put the soda in, it would yeah. melt a little bit of it, but yeah, that'd be doable. It wouldn't be hot soda. It'd be okay. It'd be warm. Maybe. <laughs> Depending on how far you drove. You know, if you put some, like, fucking Freon, like, not in it, but, oh, like, on the back. Have, like, have the tube that ha- that take- brings the soda to you, like, real close to the Freon, or maybe it goes through the Freon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it just keeps it moderately cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted one of those. I wanted a fucking car with a soda machine in it for years after I saw this film. I was like, that's the coolest shit. Like, he had a lot of cool, like, Inspector Gadgety gadgets in this film, but that was, like, my favorite. I really, really yeah. wanted that. Um, let me see. Anything else I want to say about it? Um, one of my favorites. Um, this and Black Dynamite. They're oh, some Black of my Dynamite's favorite great. black exploitation films, mainly because they're newer and they, they don't have to be as depressing. Um, yeah. There are some spoofy, sad parts in Black Dynamite. That we'll go over later. You it's know. like a little bit less, I don't know, not mid-civil rights movement. like. So you can definitely feel that in both of these films. Yeah. As opposed to some of the other black exploitation films where you're like, oh, this was clearly made in a time where everyone was just mad at each other. Yeah. And this there, there's, kinda... some, there's some rough ones out there. But um, no, this was a great one. And if you're trying to get into that genre and work it out, this is a really good start. That and Black Dynamite. I, well, I can watch Black Dynamite anytime. So damn good. Um, so you got a seven-word synopsis? I said, sister girl is badass. Fuck the man. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, Chris Kattan dancing was really fucking funny. Yeah, it was. He, I'm sad that Chris Kattan just like left the face of the earth. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't. He might have had some issues. I, I mean, think. I'm sure, like, he. everyone has their reasons for leaving Saturday Night Live. Like, a lot of people, it's just like they start doing films or whatever, or, you know, they get tired of doing, like, the same, like, it's too, SNL ends up being too intense for them mm-hmm. over, for the long haul, they can't stay on it. And that makes sense. And he left and he did some movies. He was in, like, Night at the Roxbury. He was an Undercover Brother. He did a bunch of stuff. Um, right around the time when he was about to leave SNL or after he left SNL but he hasn't really done much since then and it's really really sad because he was fucking hilarious like I wish he would come back I don't know if he ever did if stand-up was ever his thing like I mean um, I think it all started there but I don't know if he did like half the cast of SNL started in stand-up and the other half started in sketch comedy which is quite different from stand-up but I would love a special like a Netflix special or something of um, Chris Kattan like I think that would be great Okay, so this movie came out May 31st, 2002. Uh, how much do you think the budget was for this? Ooh, low. Mm, I'm going to say $60 million. Damn. Uh, this was $25 million. Oh, that was way high. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Inflation um, is a lot. Yeah. The last like 20 years is really hard. Narrowing yeah. down anything in the last 20 years is really hard because it's grown. all the movie like 
budgets and production stuff has grown so much in 20 years. Like, yeah. If you go back to the 80s, it's like, okay, well, everything was, like, around a couple million. But then in the early 2000s, it was, like, hard to get. It's hard now to guess how much movies were Oh, for were sure. Worth. So, um, all the reviews when this movie came out, um, the average score is around like a high 70, low 80. Um, a lot of fans loved it. Oh, yeah. It was great. The critics were like, you know, it's got its issues because it's a comedy, but they were like, it's a pretty solid comedy. Yeah. So, it made money. It did really good. They did make a second one. Oh, yeah. With the guy from Black Dynamite, right? Yeah. So, people were sad. They were like, no, just make another Black Dynamite. And then Eddie Griffin, but it... It's been like 20, 20 years. years, so... Oh, my God. If they made a new one and he had a kid... Oh, that'd be so cool. With Sister Girl? Um, Hell, yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that. He's just like the old grandpa character. Yep. He's uh, Pops from <laughs> Friday. Yeah. So, the second one was horrible, and people were like, wow, that was very unneeded, and it's sad that technically that's the part two to it. Uh, it was very sad. But um, what do you think it made? Box office. How much was it? Sorry. $25 million was 25 the million. budget. It probably mean what I said to start, $60 million. $60 million. $41.6 million. Damn, and I almost said fucking $50 million. Yeah. <laughs> closer. So, I mean, pretty close to doubled its money. Yeah. But for a comedy... For a comedy, that's good. That's a pretty good price because... Especially in the early 2000s. This was like the golden age of comedy. Well, to me, there were so many good comedies coming out. Yeah. Right. Because all the best people, all of my favorite people from Saturday Night Live were like... Just starting their movie. Striking it out, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of really good comedies on TV. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not as many comedies now. There's a lot more. Well, there's a lot more, like, drama. um, Drama, love story types We're kind of in this phase of, like, like sitcoms. There are some, but it's not a lot. There's a couple, and they're not. They don't have a huge following. Yeah, back when we were kids, sitcoms, that was the jam. There were so many. I can name like 10 on UPN right now. Like just yeah. on UPN, not even like counting Fox. And but now it's kind of drama-ish. Is it is. Everything's moved angle. towards drama because, I mean, look at the world. We've moved from yeah. like regular having fun laughing to just, Jesus, everything is angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It, go it, it made see me smile watching go, this. Go find this film. Uh, it's not on any service like you can't find it it wasn't on hulu or netflix or anything um you can rent it on amazon um you might be able to find someone who has a dvd copy of this yeah uh we didn't check youtube but you can probably buy it on youtube as well and maybe find it secretly from someone who put it up there illegally uh but you should go find this film and watch it because it's fucking funny Mm -hmm. um so like always you can uh check us out on twitter you can tweet and talk to us uh, allentown pod on twitter uh email us at allentown presents gmail.com uh you can search for allentown presents on just about any app for podcasting and we should be there uh for sure not on iHeartRadio yet uh, but that'll pop up soon it's coming soon but uh yeah like always um we're gonna keep going on like 20 minutes at the bar and Simpsons stuff, and our the Spooky Movie Squad's gonna keep doing alien movies for this month. But we're gonna keep going with the spotlight on uh, minority films, because uh, it's really cool. And I like this, and, and a lot of these movies are ones that I really like watched and like appreciate. Like Undercover Brother, I really appreciate it. I love a good comedy, yeah. but I love a comedy that can kind of stand on its own after a couple of decades. I'm excited for more 
Spanish films because, or Mexican American films because some of these I haven't seen in a really long time. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited. And a lot to of these, it's been a bit. So, um, like all these guys, thank you. And we love doing this and it makes us happy. And it's just watching stuff. So, <laughs> it's always cool for us. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys later. Love you. Bye. Bye.